Welcome to Finance Tea. I'm your host and founder, Paris K. This podcast will be serving you financial tea with the works. Today's topic is slaying debt after divorce. Today I'm joined by Nasima. Her IG handle is Financially Intentional. Nasima, can you give us a brief intro? Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Nasima McElroy. I am the founder and creator of Financially Intentional. And I guess what I'm most known for is um, paying off nearly a million dollars in debt in two and a half years. This is while going through a divorce, being a single mom, and also having a huge IRS bill. So it is possible. I was pretty good. went through every kind of scenario that could have happened to me, but I was still able um, to eliminate a massive amount of debt. And so I teach people to do the same. Which is completely impressive. And that was the whole reason why I started following her back in 2017. Was because I saw I saw her story and I was like, oh my God, this is pretty remarkable. Because mostly anytime that women get out of divorce, they're always like, oh my God, I got wiped out financially. Because basically everything goes according to a joint income. And then once they get divorce decrees and things like that, sometimes you're taking on debt that you and your spouse had when you guys were married. Um, So those things to me were like phenomenal. And I loved how you basically have this story about how you break the barrier of being able to pay off this debt. If you want to give us a brief overview of how you broke the barrier of paying off your debt. Well, first I had to acknowledge that I was in a lot of debt. I knew that I wasn't where I wanted to be financially, but I couldn't tell you uh, necessarily why that was because I had been making a good amount of money. I had everything that looked good on Facebook and Instagram. I had a brand new house. I had a luxury car. I had a six-figure income. Like, everything on the outside looked like everything was in place, but I was really struggling um, the bottom line was that I, I had this debt that was weighing me down, but I didn't realize it because we're taught, especially in the black community, just to go to school and get an education and don't worry about how much it's going to cost you. Just worry about how you're going to pay it off in the end. And then, you know, in American society, most people carry student loan debt forever. So I didn't look at the debt that I had, which was student loan debt, as debt until I realized that this is what was weighing me down. And I had over $200,000 in student loan debt. And so once I was able to kind of recognize that was what what was holding me back, um, I formulated a plan to pay it down. And um, I was in the public service student loan forgiveness program, but I decided 10 years was too long to wait. And my payments were $1,900 a month. Wow. So I was like, no, nah, I got to change this. <laughs> it was, they were $1,900 a month, but... I was paying $53 a day in interest. Like, I was really paying interest, and I was just tired. I didn't want to be dealing with it anymore. So I used a method called the debt snowball method. Um, I was kind of in the day, brands you can't, where you list your debts from smallest to largest and just start attacking your debts like that. Um, a lot of my debts, like I said, were student loans, but you know, student loans are broken up into multiple payments. And so I used that technique to pay off my student loans. I had a car in there. I had some debt acquired through my marriage that I was able to pay off. But yeah, that's the method that I used to listen my debt smallest to largest, paying the largest balance. But the key factor to figuring out how I would find the money to pay off that debt was to really get my budget together. And I use a deal-based budgeting method, which is 
is every dollar of income that I have projected is given an assignment so that there's no dollar left behind. Every dollar has an assignment, whether it's going towards debt elimination, savings, investing, I budget every one of my dollars out. So drill-based um, budgeting and debt from snowball is how I impact the debt in two and a half years. I myself use like the zero base budget and people always like, what? How do you know that your like your payment wasn't made? I'm like, because my balance isn't at zero and I know this payment was supposed to be was supposed to be made on this date because my balance should be at a zero balance because I know exactly everything that's going out of my account. And a lot of times exactly. you know, when people are making so much money, you know, they don't really they don't think it's necessary. To do a zero budget no. like my mom no. she's always like a budget what you doing right now i'm like mom um it's about to be my payday i'm you know i'm over here i'm doing my budget right now she like oh mm-hmm. i don't do budgets no i don't do that i'm like mom you need to know where every dollar is i was like you don't know how many times people walk into like the credit union or the banks and someone has taken money out of their account yeah. A year ago, a year ago, yeah, yeah, they don't know because guess what? They haven't been doing a the budget. They like, well, I don't use my account, so what I need to look at it every single day for? Because there's nah. hackers, there's fraud, there's so many other things that are going on that people could be taking your money without you knowing. And this is why. Yeah, it's that, and the thing is, is that I like every one of my dollars to be working for me for my betterment. If it's not providing me in this immediate need, like food and clothing, like things like that, it needs to be working for me. And so if I don't give every one of my dollars an assignment, guess what? It's going to leave me. And so I need to make sure that every one of my dollars is working for me. So people will think of the word budget and they look at it like it's deprivation. It's not about deprivation. It's about telling your money what to do instead of the other way around because we run around chasing money, but I want my money. I make my money work for me. So I've totally flipped the script on how I look at money. And, and that's what having a budget and telling your money what to do does. Exactly. I agree completely. And then I was looking on your blog and I see how you have the five steps to improve your finances, which is amazing and which everybody should be applying to their life on a day-to-day basis like knowing what you're working for like if you don't know what you're working with then how can you even set up a budget like (laughs) if you don't know what your financial state is at that particular time you don't know how to come up with a strategy on how to tackle the debt that you have and a lot of times if you don't have plans if you should if you aim for nothing you're gonna hit it every time that's the whole thing you gotta come up with a plan people are struggling with money but they don't set no kind of goals and if they do set goals they're really arbitrary goals like new year's resolutions and stuff like that you gotta set a goal and put some some work behind it it's really not that hard but you gotta take two steps you can't just say and wish and pray and then (laughs) say that you're gonna do it tomorrow you gotta put in the work it's not that hard but you just have to do it exactly and then i guess i guess a lot of times as far as budgeting is related it's kind of like the reality of things you know once you Uh figure out (laughs) how much you make and how much you are actually spending you Uh come to that you realize like i'm living above my means instead of within my means or below my means Uh So (laughs) when you reality finally sets in you're like okay now how do i figure out how to get back to living within my my means now i gotta find things in my house i gotta sell 
And these are things that you probably haven't used in two to three years. Like, I have things, right. like items in my house that I probably haven't used. Like, I have, okay, I'm guilty of this. I have an iPad. I have an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know the Girl. last time I used any of these items. Like, mm-hmm. I could be making some money off of these things. Like, some people want these items, and I'm not even utilizing them. Like, I have an iMac computer that I don't even know the last time that I've utilize my computer like that's bad and how much money you spend on that (laughs) exactly so i'm just like this is pretty terrible like i need to actually Mm -hmm. be selling these things like i hear like podcasts where people are talking about how they're uh minimalist and i'm like "Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know if i can ever be a minimalist because i'm like okay if i sell it at that moment that i sell it i actually feel like i'm going to need it so, <laughs> those are, I mean, those are my, like, little things that I have to kind of, like, get over. And I like how you also say, like, focus on the little tweaks you can make. Like, <laughs> I need to make those little tweaks. Those are just the tweaks one, that I need just, to make. Just one thing. Just pick out one thing that you're going to do this week. If it's not your iMac, build that iPod, okay? Make a little couple downloads on it and then put that, put that money up somewhere, you know, invest it or put it towards it then or whatever your goal is but the bottom line is in america most of us aren't it's really 90 percent of the time i can tell you it's not an income problem that we're having and as to why we're not wealthy why we're not hitting our financial goals it's because we just don't have a plan and most of the time it's because most of us just weren't taught how to handle our money and so a lot of times this money comes in and out and we just don't know just know where it's going we're unconscious of it and when you're unconscious of it 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 just disappears it's just like when you get a tax refund and you think you have all these big plans for it but you don't really implement a plan and next thing you know you don't have nothing in your bank account it's just like that that's kind of how we live our lives every day and so the, the only difference between me and anybody else is that i set up a plan in motion and i said i wanted to be out of debt by the certain day and I just put the tools in how I was spending my money every day. I just prioritized everything, how I was spending my money. I didn't make more money. Actually, I worked less than what I had been, make, or had been working before. And I just set it as a goal to pay off my debt. And that's what happened. It's just really creating a plan and sticking to it. That's just what most people just don't do. And there's always an excuse for why you can't do it. Exactly. come up. We always come so that's up with that. You gotta have a strong why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the why will be your center as to why you're doing everything and why you need to keep uh-huh. moving forward. And yeah, if you don't have a why, then it's just like, why am I even doing this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I trying to? If you're gonna lose the motivation, it's like, yeah, you can have a goal to. Um, lose a certain amount of weight, but if it's not because you try to look topping and your swimsuit over the summer and you like really committed to that, or if you have, you know, people lose a tremendous amount of weight for their wedding, you know, because they want to look good for that day. That why that why is super strong. Exactly. But you know, any other day, you know, you're supposed to be in shape, but you just don't do it because you have not figured out a strong enough why. So it's a really, uh, it's a, you have to have a why, but it has to be stronger than you falling back off. Instead, um, in those bad habits that you were doing before about eating bad or spending money without really realizing what you're spending money on, and just making, not making sure that whatever you're doing is aligned with what your ultimate goals in life are in general, whatever that is. 
Exactly, because a lot of times even with losing weight and things like that, people, <laughs> I guess we lose sight in it. I mean, it, the idea is great, okay? <laughs> but then once we got to do the work, <laughs> it's the idea. The idea is great, but then once we got to do the work and commit to it and put in that extra work to get there, it's like, oh, my God, like, seriously, do I have to do all this to get where she right. is? And everybody's plans not right. going to be the same. So people are like, okay, right. well, I'm doing the same thing she did to get out of debt. So why I'm not out of debt? Because your financial situation no. is not the same as her financial situation. So you got to do what's right. best for you. Like what makes exactly. you, what gets you motivated? Mm-hmm. The same thing that got her motivated may, be, may not be the same thing that got you motivated as well. Exactly. So, you know, it's really great to have that why because... For me, knowing exactly what go like to me, I get excited when I pay off a bill. Like I'm gonna call him uh-huh. on the phone. Like this is my gossip, girl. Let me tell you what I did today. What, <laughs> yes. girl? I just paid off my loans. Like this, I'm really excited about this. Like maybe if I'm excited uh-huh. about it, then my friends will get excited, and that would transcend, yes. transcend to like the people that you're around as well. You know, even uh-huh. from the kids as well. Your kids see you getting excited about paying off your debt. They like, what you so excited about? Like, wh- why are uh-huh. you happy? I'm happy because I just paid off this debt, honey. Like, I just freed up yeah. some money for you to go on these nice trips and the things that you want to have. Like, these uh-huh. are the things we have to do in order to get to the places that we want to go. But exactly. also by doing this. I find it hard to like stay encouraged, especially when other people surround you um, are not on that same journey. So I just want to know, like, how did you find your way of being still being encouraged throughout the whole process and not feeling defeated or allowing other people's viewpoints to deter what your mission was? I kind of created my own, um, like, in my head, kind of like friends, network, or circle of influence. And that's what helped me motivate, stay motivated, because it is hard, because people surrounding you, like you said, they don't even understand what's going on. They're not going to know. They're going to be like, well, what's the point of paying off all this debt? Everybody has debt. You know, it's always that. But I listen to podcasts every day of people who are on the same journey. I, um, you, I use my social media as, if it's not about, um, me learning something or something to do with my business uh, that's all I use social media for so you know it's about surrounding yourself constantly with people who you aspire to and people that you attain that you're working on the same path so I just created a virtual community and then the, the reason why I created financial and financially intentional was because I wanted to hold myself accountable for my friends because I want them to see me do it. Because, you know, more is, more is caught than taught, right? So right. I wanted them to see me actually get through this process so they know that it's possible. And I wanted, you know, a lot of black women don't, <laughs> we don't have a lot of people in the finance space. Right. And so I wanted to be that person too. So that's what holds me accountable. So even if I fall off on the motivation track or, you know, seem a little get a little bit down, like things are moving away, that I wanted to move. I still have this community that I'm accountable for, and um, I still have, like, a long way to go on my financial journey. So I have it on both sides that, you know, I have that push from my community of people that want to see me do better, 
and then I have people that I'm looking up to and I'm striving to be for it. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm striving to be life, so that's yes. kind of what keeps me going. And, but that doesn't mean it's not hard. You got to reward yourself along the way, too. Yeah. <laughs> I like exactly what you were saying about the community because it's like almost like you have people that are depending on you yes, to mirror yes. the mirror the actions that they want to take for themselves. So mm-hmm. these people are like, oh my God, we're rooting for you. They're rooting for you in silence, but they're rooting exactly. for themselves as well. So it's like, okay, we're going to push each other to get to the finish line, you know? <laughs> exactly. So exactly. even though you may not have people in your inner circle, you still have this virtual community that are rooting for you on the outside. Like, okay, uh-huh. we can all get to the end goal and we're all going to finish at the end line and be like, okay, we've made it. We've paid off our debt. We're financially free. Are there uh-huh. any like tools or things that you use like books? I know you mentioned the podcast. I know you mentioned uh-huh. um, Dave Ramsey's was mm-hmm. it a class that you took with him, or what did you I, do? I did do Financial Peace University, but Dave Ramsey, you know, he has his podcast and Jeffrey Dreams, which are really encouraging. Um, right now, like the main resources that I use is just a budgeting tool mm-hmm. that I use called Every Dollar. Um, that's what really got me to um, get my jailbreak budget down and was, uh, allowed me to pay off thousands of dollars a month in debt. So I use every dollar. I recommend people use that, especially if they're getting started with their finances. Um, my favorite book right now, which I really feel like um, will get you on the right track financially, is called A Simple Path to Wealth, and that's by J.L. Collins. So that's a great resource. Um, I like the any kind of uh, financial independence communities like online mm-hmm. um they're called fire communities yes. those are great places for you to start learning more about finances um so yeah those are the resources that i use but like i said i listen to podcasts every day um all different kind of finance podcasts um uh, that really kept me motivated it really does create a sense of normalcy to this thing that is really weird in our society. It's weird not to be under the burden of a huge amount of debt or not to be living paycheck to paycheck. Being broke is the norm. Yeah. <laughs> it really changes that up for you. But it's not until we make a... I feel like most of us don't understand the value of our dollars until we hit like a brick wall. And then once we hit yeah, that brick so wall, yeah. exactly, once we hit that brick uh-huh. wall, you know, we take what we learned about our on our journey and try to transcend that to somebody else and basically tell them yeah. how we got out of this situation and how not to get back into that situation. Because I find myself right. all the time trying to talk to people and encourage them not to get in financial debt or not to yeah. overextend themselves or not to lend money to people when they don't even have money to like survive exactly. on their own. So it's just like a lot of times I'm looking at people's like financial situations. And what I love most about most of the women who talk about finances is that they've come from mm-hmm. some type of struggle, you know? So mm-hmm. they understand the value of a dollar, they understand what it's like not to have something or what they need to do in order to get financially free so that's what I kind of like related to you with when I was looking at your like journey and everything I was like oh my god Uh it's so relatable like so many people go through this but no one actually like talks about it and 
right actually says okay this is my journey this is what happened this is this is the total amount of debt I don't even think people would actually sit down and actually say how much in debt they have <laughs> so they can know right. for themselves how much debt they've actually paid off. I'm like, okay, do you even know how much debt you have? You know, uh-huh. like every day I check my credit report. Like, for instance, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, the other day I checked my credit report and I was like, why is one of my bills like uh, $69 and I'm like what is this I thought I paid this bill all come to find out I didn't pay it all and it was in my budget I had to go back to my budget look at the date I'm like oh my god it was in my budget but I didn't pay it let me call the people let me tell them you know, uh-huh. I've never been late you know so <laughs> can you waive this late charge and yeah they were, yeah they were more than willing to help me out so yeah but that's the thing people aren't either scared or they just don't take the time to do it exactly. and you'd be surprised how accommodating people would be if you just ask exactly. but you have to be aware of what's going on yeah that's this girl that if somebody tried to put some stuff on my credit like you know shady rental car companies saying i got into an accident in their car and tried to put that on my credit and no, I bought them, and they tried to take it off. But you have to, so that dropped my credit, you know, like 100 points. Wow. You know, you have to be, you have to be vigilant when it comes to your money and your finances and everything related. You can't sleep. Yeah, and some people are scared to even take a look at their financial situation. It's like, <laughs> do you know what your credit score is? No. Are you going to no. take the time to, like, look at your credit score? No. Okay. Well, how is it that you want to purchase a car, but yet you don't know what your financial score is? Like, you can go in a dealership. They can tell you anything. Like. Exactly. <laughs> know exactly. what you're working with. Exactly. Exactly. And then also, yeah. I was looking at your five steps to improve, and I was looking at automate as much as possible. This is. Like, yes. Okay. When I say this is, like, the best step. I think why is the best step, but then the automation is something that I feel like a lot of people need to do because it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. so once you automate something, it's kind of like when you have your taxes that come out of your check. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you don't want to yeah, think about how much taxes are being taken out of your check, but you don't oh, think well, about it. If taxes wasn't automated, then we would have a, have a revolution. Exactly. Because if every week, we would have to go to somebody and hand them the money out of our pockets that we just got paid, baby. It would be a problem. But because it's automated, just like you should automate your, your retirement deductions. Exactly. But just because just it's automated, we don't feel it. That's the only reason why. Believe me. Yes. So the government has it right. So you need to implement those practices in your life because they work. <laughs> yes, they will help you out on your financial journey and help you to... Mm-hmm elevate your finances to the next level and to get into the same state that you're in right now so is there anything Mm -hmm. else that you're doing to stay on track with basically staying debt free are you completely debt free at this point are you looking at purchasing a house again because i know I was looking at your page and about like buying a house because you know I always talk on my on my podcast about generational wealth. So I think about mm-hmm. like houses as generational wealth. So to know somebody is kind of like a not opposed to having a house. It's kind of like okay. In the future, are you thinking about purchasing a house? I know right now you're. Mm-hmm. Renting. <laughs> 
Um, so actually, I'm not 100 percent debt free. I do have debt, mm-hmm. and I do, and I did just buy a house a couple months ago. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, so I uh, did acquire debt when I bought my car, when I bought my new car, but it was only because the interest rate was one percent, and I would rather have that money, that cash invested, to um, be able to build up my nest egg as opposed to focusing on paying off the car faster. So, but I only bought the car when I had enough money in cash to actually pay for it, but I didn't. Um, and then uh, I do, I did just buy a house. The reason why I was so anti-house before is because, like, I think all too often we think about houses as an investment, like our primary residence as an investment. Mm-hmm. And it's not an investment. You need a place to live. The bottom line is when it comes down to like dollars and cents and numbers, it doesn't make sense as an investment um, because of how much you're typically putting into the house and how much you're getting out at the end. You'll be better off investing that money in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy a house. I'm saying you have to change your mindset around why you're buying it. Mm-hmm. And also, I had a house that before that I did not need. Like, I had a 4,000-square-foot um, you know, five-bedroom, six-bath house that was big for me and my daughter, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really wasteful. And it was because I was told I could afford it, right, because I had a good income. But it still was taking up a huge portion of my income. And I feel like the fastest way to build wealth is to make sure that you're living off of less than what you make. And I um, believe that your housing costs are one, some of the high, your housing and transportation costs are the two biggest costs that you have, right? right? So you need to focus on getting those numbers down. And so right now my focus on, is on making sure that at least half of my income every month gets reinvested or goes towards paying down debt. Okay. Um, and so that's a 50% or higher savings rate. So I think that's what's important. But yeah, as far as like generational wealth, I feel like you know, houses can be part of generational wealth, mm-hmm. but they're only a small part, typically. You know, I feel like we focus on trying to leave people houses and stuff, but we don't even have wheels in place. We don't even have our trust in place. Right. And my daughter's going to be fine when I'm <laughs> You know what I'm saying? With or without a house, she'll be good. Exactly. But it's because I put in those safeguards to make sure that she, number one, she knows if I die, if, if I die before she's 18, she has somewhere to go. They know who's taking care of her. They know that they don't get, they go, they know that they're taking care of her. They know that they're going <laughs> to get a certain amount of money. Like all that stuff is said. And I think that we focus too much on the minutia of, you know, making sure that we have a house for our kids. But we don't have no, no, no plans for what's going to happen to them or something. If you were to drive down the street and you got hit by a car, you and your spouse is in the park, what's going to happen to them kids? Exactly. I agree. No. And that to me is about building generational wealth and making sure your kids are taken care of. So I don't put a lot of um, focus on housing and stuff like that. I focus on making sure that you have a plan and everybody who's involved knows what that plan is. Yeah, I think, okay, that's key as well as far as like putting the (laughs) beneficiary. No, seriously, as far as like putting the beneficiaries on the account, anytime that I open an account, like um, I open an account. Um, and I wanted to add a beneficiary to the account. I believe it was Stockpile, and I was unable to um, add a beneficiary yeah. to the account. So I end up, you know, closing it out because I'm like, you know, uh, oh, that's not promised to me. They can let you, uh, you want to put money in there, and they not gonna have you have a beneficiary. That's really interesting. 
Exactly. So I'm like, no, I'm not about to die today or tomorrow. And you know, <laughs> you know, life is unexpected. Things can happen anytime. Uh-huh. And I just want to make sure that I have everything. Anytime I open an account, I'm like, okay, um, where's the form? I went online. I couldn't find a form for beneficiary. Like even with my stash account, they don't have it where you're able to do it electronically. But once you request the oh. form for a beneficiary they'll send it to you and then you have to send it back to them in order to add it but some people don't even know to ask those type of questions you, nah. know, you know yeah but that's game right there that's game right there because people do need to know because let me tell you something it don't matter how how um locked down your will and your trust is a beneficiary on your financial accounts will trump that so get divorced from your husband and not take him off of mm-hmm. your account Definitely, you will be getting all that money. Exactly. Okay? So, yeah, make sure that you change and update your beneficiaries regularly. So, that's game right there. If you don't know who your beneficiaries are assigned to any account that you have a dollar in, you need to make sure you have you figure that out right now, like that, as soon as possible. Exactly. And I, there's so many people that don't know, oh, they're like, what? what is it what is a beneficiary like why are you even adding that to your account i'm like um you need to have every account (laughs) that you have like what are you talking about like if you have an investment account like just because you have stocks and things like that doesn't mean that you don't put a beneficiary on that i have an lvest account i'm like okay um how do i sign up to (laughs) put my beneficiaries on this right you know, the moment I started investing, that was the first thing I thought about was how do I add beneficiaries to these investment accounts as well as the checking accounts and saving accounts that I have. Like, I would make sure this money goes to somebody that knows how to handle this money when I'm gone. Because some people, even when you're gone, <laughs> if you never had money before, you don't know how to manage it. So you can exactly. blow through 20K in months, like six months period. Yes. You know, and people are like, well, how do you blow through 20K? I don't know. I'm just telling you that if you don't know how to manage the money, that you can blow through 20K in six months. Oh, it'll disappear. It'll be gone. It'll exactly. It'll be gone. It's all these target runs and people asking for money and you thinking you got it. Next thing you know, it, you ain't got nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And these are the things that we don't sit down. We don't have these type of conversations. And this is how people mm-hmm. get into debt and they're unable to get out of debt because they yeah. don't come up with the strategies. They don't come up with uh, what's my next plan or a, find mm-hmm. accountability partners along the part, yeah. along the way to like help yeah. them or guide them. And sometimes people need to seek out professional assistance because maybe they don't yeah. have, have the tools in order to get to where they need to go. When you were on your journey, yeah. did you consider getting any professional assistance or basically everything that you learned along the way was through podcasts and books? Um, I, you know, when I went to look into like investments, I thought that I would have to get an investment advisor, but I felt like it was too over my head and I felt like it was something that I needed to understand better myself so I did not actually seek out any professional assistance because I really wanted to know that I understood where my money was going and how to manage it so um even though I probably didn't do everything perfectly um I learned a lot and it's not much that you know I feel like oh I've learned I just learned learned so much I continue to learn I don't know everything, and I still make mistakes, but I learn and I share my lessons along the way. So, um, 
I don't really seek out any kind of professional advice. And when I do, um, like I've had professionals review my portfolio and they say it's, it's tight. You know, <laughs> nothing that they can they can technically do that's really going to enhance it. So, you know, I feel confident in the choices that I've made. Okay, okay. I myself, yeah. I haven't seeked any professional assistance, but, you know, I do suggest that <laughs> for some people who may not you know, no, but I feel like with social media and with YouTube and all the resources that we have available to us that are free, I think that people can definitely learn all these things on their own without seeking professional assistance as well. If they're right. looking to like save their coins or throughout the journey, you know, cause that's what the journey is all about is saving some money. So if you can find a way right. to- but I don't, but I don't advocate do it on your own if you know that there's a system out there that works. Exactly. Um, because technically, I didn't do it on my own, right? So technically, I follow like Dave Ramsey's advice, but then I went through his system. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but I wasn't, but I didn't hire necessarily a financial professional. But I think, yes, there's a lot of information out there, but I think that sometimes that information is overwhelming. So people either don't do it or they kind of halfway do it because there's too much information to overload. But, um, you know, there's systems and there's courses out there. Like I take teach a six week course that kind of walks you through everything that you need to do to kind of get your finances together. But there's, you know, multiple options out there to help people. So don't shy away from getting help. But if you're gonna, do, but if you're gonna do it on your own, make sure that there's a tried and true system that you're following. Right. And it's a proven yeah. method. Like, people have used yeah. this system. And <laughs> you know for a fact that it's going to work. Don't just... You yeah, know, I know. Get rich quick. Don't don't talk for those people. Those people talking about they're going to erase your debt and all that kind of stuff. That's fake. That's fake news. No, it's not. It doesn't really work. There's no... You did not... You did not just stumble your way into debt. You can't just hop out of it. You don't have to fight and call. It takes time. But with a system that works, it will... You can you can knock it out. You exactly. can knock it out. And when I say it, it takes time, like I said, I paid off almost a million dollars in two and a half years. Most people don't have as much debt as me, so <laughs> you could probably do it faster. But on average, it takes about two or three years for you from start to finish of dedicated, like really intentional action. Yes, and through that process, you yeah. were still able to take your daughter to Disney World, which I was like, okay, Disney World is a uh, <laughs> Disneyland, Disneyland. We didn't go to Disney World, but yeah. Disneyland was, we still had to get on the plane. We had to go down there. She don't like to stay at no regular hotel. She liked to stay at Great Wolf Lodge because we got the indoor water park. So it wasn't, so like, I, was, I don't believe in, in deprivation. And I think that's another thing that kept me motivated is um, I did reward myself and I did not put myself in a position where I was like, oh, like I had to eat rice and beans every day, even though I would because I, I love rice and beans. But <laughs> I wasn't starving myself. I wasn't overworking myself. And I was not putting myself in a position to, um, that like my daughter wasn't seeing me because that's super important to me is to everything I do is to make sure that her life is better. Right. And with the mommy being gone all the time, and not being able to play with her or spend time with her, you know, that's affecting her. So even if I was to do my best with money, but she said, but she saw that that, that effort to um, build wealth or whatever was taking her mommy away from her, it would ruin our relationship. And it would probably ruin her relationship with money too. So I didn't want to do that. I agree. I agree completely. 
Yeah. And I love that you have that mentality because a lot of people feel like when you get on budget, <laughs> it's like a straight and narrow. You can't go on trips. No. You can't go shopping. You can't do anything. You just need to stay on this budget. And that's where you run into having that type of depression or feeling too overwhelmed with the whole situation. And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to just go back to doing what I was doing before, before I got back on this budget. Right. And people start feeling defeated because... Yeah. They can't do anything else outside of what their budget allows them to do. So I like right. the fact that you still incorporate, you know, living your life to the fullest and yeah, just definitely. being on the straight and narrow because some people make <laughs> budgeting to be something that it's not like a bad thing. And it's really not a bad no. thing. It's, it's just really just it's bringing not. everything to reality. And it's not bad. You just have to find your balance in between budgeting and actually being able to live your best life <laughs> at the same time. Exactly. So exactly. I, want, I want people to feel like motivated. I want them to take your story and just feel motivated to know that even after divorce, you can you can basically pay off your debt. You don't have to be wiped out financially after the divorce. Uh -uh. You can find a strategy. You can use the same strategy that you've used in order to wipe out your debt. And is there any like final key points that you want the listeners to kind of like follow if they're on this journey or if they're facing a divorce right now what should they be doing on this journey i just feel like the more you take control of your money and really change that relationship up the more power that you have in general in life to move that the way that you want to move to live your best life if you are in control of your finances you have numerous options you don't have to be in a toxic relationship you don't have to be in a, in a job that you don't like you don't have to live where you're living it gives you so many options to live for today it's not about just when you retire and you know 30 years down the line it's about living your best life today but what's going to give you the ability to live your best life today is making sure that all your financial decisions are co are um are they coincide with what you want to happen to your life, whether it's today or tomorrow. You have to make sure that you're making those decisions that are going to work best for you. Okay. So. Be yeah. motivated, be encouraged, and yeah. pray that all my listeners take heed <laughs> to all the information that was given tonight. And I want to thank everybody for following Finance Tea. And again, if you want to follow Nasima, her IG handle again is at financially intentional. Again, it's financially intentional. And she also has a Facebook group, which I will allow her to tell you what the Facebook group <laughs> is as well. And if you want to connect with her, she'll provide you with any type of contact that you guys would like to have to get in contact with her. So um, I'm always at financiallyintentional.com. You can reach out to me there. I have a, a chat function there. Um, my Facebook group is really engaging. It's um, if you search under groups in Facebook, it's going to be under financially intentional. And also, if you want to partake in, the, I have three weekly live trainings where I kind of get you on the right path to get you started financially. Um, it is financiallyintentional.com/live. So all, those are all the ways that you can reach me. So I look forward to seeing you. All right.
right. Good night and thank you. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, you can go ahead and hit the subscribe button at the top. And yet again, thank you for coming to Finance Tea.